Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Sometimes people are just overworking themselves and it really makes their their windshield blurry to look through and make that decision of, am I in the right thing or is it wrong for me? And so the first thing to ask yourself is, am I just burning myself out? Because FYI, when you burn yourself out, you're not going to like anything. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go.
Welcome back to the show. My next guest is equally as brilliant as she is hilarious. And I'm so excited to have her back on the show. She's already been on previously. And now she has a new book out. So Ashley Stahl is a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and an author on a mission to help you step into your career or business you're excited about and aligned with because that's the most important. Her book is now available on Amazon for pre-order. You guys have to get it. It's called U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, Design Your Dream Career. And it takes readers on her career journey into counterterrorism, offering an 11-step formula to discover your best career fit. And you guys, we go through a lot of these on the podcast. Through her two viral TEDx speeches, her email list of 500,000, and her show, U-Turn Podcast, She's been able to help support clients in 31 countries in discovering their best career path, upgrading their confidence, and landing more job offers. If you are unsure of the career that you're in, if you're just not sure what is next, or if you are really looking into maybe expanding what you're already doing and really thinking bigger, I'm telling you, this podcast is for you. Let's get started. Ashley, I'm so excited to have you back on the show. I feel like it's been a while since you've been, I don't know. I know that you have gone into like hardcore book writing, studying, like it's a real thing when you go into writing a book and just gathering everything that you need to bring this thing to life, to bring forward all of this information for people. So tell me a little bit about kind of like what that journey was like, first of all, and what you've been up to. I haven't been able to catch up with you. So we're just going to do it on this podcast. <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. And yeah, like I'm looking at your your little... Um, what's the word for like the thing on your screen? It says your rosé and drink light pink. Oh, which yeah. Is so fun because it's such a symbol of how long it's been since we've connected. And it's funny because last time I was really, really um, in your field, just seeing you often, I remember that you were just complete writing A Tribe Called Bliss and you had really kind of had that book hangover. I don't know if you experienced this, but I felt this like death when my book was written. Like, oh my gosh, all of these parts of me that I had to get out and put on the pages and make a difference in the way that I know I'm meant to make, they're on the pages. And now it's kind of like, now what do I do with my life? Oh, yeah. Oh, girl, I was like, when when we were kind of like in each other's um, realm for a bit there, getting to see each other at a lot of different things, yeah. I was like in some sort of hangover of like, what do I do next? So it's it's this interesting place of, I can only imagine what new mothers feel like, kind of like, oh my God, I was so excited for this thing, but now this thing has created like a completely different you know, like things have opened up and things have gotten scary. So you kind of are just like, it's, you couldn't have said it right or better. Like, it's just like this insane journey of kind of what now, or, or now you have to turn into a different person who's actually marketing the book. Yeah. And that's, that's such an interesting thing. Like I've got so much healing and so much inspiration from writing this book that I almost feel like, oh my gosh, now I'm marketing it. And it's such a different energy. And I feel like you hit the nail on the head. Like there's a lot of expectations and mindsets and conversations that I think go on socially around purpose. And it almost seems like we're keeping an unrealistic standard alive that we all need to have a purpose in every single moment. And it has to tie to our work in some way. And that's something that I've teased apart like a little knot uh, for years and years now, not just with myself, but with clients. 
Mm. Okay. So this is, uh, this is such a theme in my life. And I know that this is, you know, some of the podcasts that do the best on this because it's a universal truth for people, I think, is that it's, it's like not knowing what their purpose is. And then once you find your purpose, realizing that sometimes your purpose changes really fast um, and that you don't just have one purpose. Some people do, some people don't. And it's, I think that what you are going to teach us on this podcast is really going to show us how we can take those skill sets and identify them and also probably realize how we can have so many different purposes. Um, you know, I know that when my book was done and I kind of was in that place of like, I want to be a speaker and an author and I woke up and realized that maybe I don't want to be all those things permanently or for much longer. And that was like a really, I didn't share with a lot of people, but I was in kind of a weird, like not hopeless, but like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing now because this isn't lighting me up the same. So it'll be really cool to learn about all of these different um, skill sets that you have identified because I kind of feel like that's what I did. I had to identify what really lit me up and what I was good at. And then I looked at where it could all apply across the board. And it really opened up doors for me because I had kind of pigeonholed myself. And I think that's what a lot of people do. It's like, this is what I've known. This is what I do. You know, I I can't see myself working outside of this, except people have these incredible skill sets that they have no idea about. So I'm like dying to dive into everything that you've written about in the book. So why don't you give me, if you could give us like an overview of what you've discovered um, and what your kind of zone of genius is right now that you like to write on. Yeah, I think the premise of the book is, and, and just my life ever since I started writing it and all of the reflection I've done the past 10 years that has kind of culminated into this piece of work is based on the realization that we don't really need clarity, but rather we need to connect to ourselves. And if I had a penny for every client who came into my old office now that I'm virtual, but back in the day, they'd come in and they'd say, I need clarity. I don't know where I belong in the workforce or something feels like it's missing, or maybe I want to start a business. And every single time in my head, it was like, how do I get them to see that clarity is not the problem, but that they're just not connecting to themselves? Because there's so many mechanisms in our lives that come up as we grow up that bring us further away from ourselves. And we don't have that conscious awareness to stay true to ourselves because it's work. It's work to be happy. It's work, work to listen to yourself. It's work to set boundaries when people want to make requests that take you away from yourself. And so I find my work in the heart of what I'm really doing in the book is bringing people back to who they are and helping them see what their skill sets are. And I also found that um, once you're connected to yourself, it really gets quite easy to figure out what you're, where you belong in the workforce because you start to notice what you're truly interested in, what your actual likes are. And you make a really good point, Lori. And I remember you actually sent me a voice note when you were going through that. And I really, it really sat with me because I'm like, damn, I see Lori with like purpose just channeling through her veins. And I can imagine how painful it is when you're that kind of purpose-centric person to feel like I'm a racehorse. I've got all this energy. I want to put it out in the world, but I don't know where to put it. And I find that there's a lot of people who are going through that. And these 10 core skill sets that I pulled out are just based on one of the chapters of uh, 12 in my book. And um, they kind of coincide with your core values, your core nature, which is my term for the energy you bring to the room. Um, But your core skill sets, I would find, are really the crux of what career 
you're meant for because ultimately they bring you out of what you're interested in and into what you're capable of really making an impact with. And what I mean by that is like, I'm really interested in cupcakes. Like, you know, I've talked about them. I love cake and I'm really interested in massages and friends, but I'm not meant to make a career out of that. When you look at my core skill set, a lot of different careers become a possibility. And so that was what inspired me to make sure that I took the 10 years of study that I've done as a career expert and culminate them into these 10 core skill sets. So without further ado, I'm, I'm happy to go through them if that's helpful. Oh God, I would love that. I'm literally, I, I'm like really excited to kind of go through them with you and just think about where, you know, I have so many friends right now who are kind of even, even in that pivoting place just because of everything yeah. going on in the world as well. So I'm really excited to send them this podcast. So let's go. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So anybody who's listening right now, if you're thinking like I, something's missing in my career or I don't like my business that I'm in, the first thing to come home to is your skill set because what you're interested in will never weigh as much in your career as what your skills are. Um, You start with your skills and you end with your interests. So I would say number one is innovation. That's the, and they're not ranked in any particular order, these 10. The innovation skill set is for the intrapreneur, it's for the entrepreneur. It it could be an an entrepreneur who has their own business. It can be an entrepreneur who holds their own book of business under the umbrella of a company. But they're somebody who comes up with the creative ideas that actually move a company forward or they're executing in a way that moves a company forward. So usually it's kind of like the second in command or the founder themselves that you'll find as the innovator. And then the second core skill set, and you know, just equally, they're all so different, is building. This is somebody who can bring an innovator's vision to life. And it can take on many forms. And I think this is one of the most important things when you're looking at your career, is to remember that one skill can look a thousand ways. Um, so to keep your mind really open and to tune into the energy of that skill. So when I talk about an innovator, I'm talking about somebody who's innovating. Think about what kind of creative energy exists around that, um, self-starter energy. And when I think about the core skill set number two of building um, and bringing somebody's vision to life, you also want to just tune into the energy of like, what does it feel like to be building? And that kind of opens up for you all of the different types of careers. It can be anything from a car mechanic who is like literally building a car by bringing it apart and putting it back together. It can be as literal as a construction worker. It can be a little bit more um, concrete, like a a web developer who's putting a website together. That's all building energy. Um, And the third one, Lori, has got to be yours. But I do believe that people tend to have a primary and a secondary core skill set. So the words core skill set Um, is really for the born communicator. And it can look like a speaker if they're extroverted. It can look like just a writer most of the time if they're introverted. And yet there are many ways to channel the core skill set of words. And I think a lot of people, Lori, they ask me like, how do I know if that one's definitely me? What if I'm many of them? And the the way you know that you're in your core skill set is that you're turning other opportun like other opportunities into that skill set, even if you can't help yourself or your skill set's <laughs> not really relevant. So for example, my first job was working in the cafeteria at a preschool when I was 16. <laughs> like so weird. <laughs> Yeah. And like, but I totally channeled words. Like I would go to the front desk and start editing brochures on my break. And eventually they were like, oh, can you edit our email to the parents? You know, 
And it's like, it's that skill set that even if you're flipping burgers, you're doing that thing too. And you just can't help yourself. It's something that's so obvious and natural to you that you almost don't realize you have it as a skill set sometimes. And, and, you know, so again, words could be a speaker, a writer, a content strategist, anything. And, and even in business development, you need to use words for sales. You're turning words into money. Ultimately, somebody with this core skill set or any core skill set is taking that skill set and turning it into cash because they're natural at it. And interrupt me if I just go on a whole tangent here, Lori, but number four. I love it. I'm letting you go because I just want to hear all of them. So yeah, yeah. totally. There, there's so many. Um, number four is motion. So again, you want to think about the energy of this and you probably have this one too. And it would be up to you, Lori, if this was like a primary or a secondary core skill set. But I do tell people, especially in the workforce, that your primary core skill set is what matters the most. The secondary one is usually nice to know, but not necessary. So anybody who's racking their brain right now as they're writing these down, thinking like, maybe I'm this one, maybe I'm that one. It's just about figuring out which one is really home for you. Um, So the core skill set number four of motion, uh, it's a primary skill and way of being through movement or using your hands. So this could be anything from a fitness trainer to a tour guide, uh, you name it. And then the fifth core skill set is service. So somebody who is in service, these are our helpers. These are the people who literally live to serve. And I think a lot of people think that service is their core skill set, but especially entrepreneurs, they start to get into leverage. And they're like, oh, actually, this isn't a core skill set. This is just a necessary mindset that I need to have as an entrepreneur. So it's important for anybody who thinks they might have this one to make sure it's coming from a really inspired and true place. This is the person who wants to help others in some way, even if it's in customer service. So it's a supporter. It's an, it could be a nurse. It could look like a humanitarian, a social worker. You can tell based on the variety of jobs that I'm mentioning that it is um, very much so an energy field, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. And then number six is coordinating and bless these people. We need them so bad. I am so not a coordinator. <laughs> and um, you know, the coordinator is anything from an event coordinator to somebody who is running operations at a company, a project manager, a program manager, somebody who is managing all sorts of pieces of a puzzle. And I feel like those people are so noticeable when they're really good at their job and they're so noticeable when they're not, when it's not their core skill set. You know, like you notice when people are dropping the ball all the time and there's no shame in that. And I think that's also one of the things I want to note as you're taking notes, uh, people who are listening is just to remember to set yourself free. Like you're not supposed to have all 10 of these core skill sets. Um, so celebrate when they're not for you and uh, stop forcing yourself to be in one. And then the seventh core skill set is another one that's not necessarily my strong suit, analysis. So this one speaks for itself. It's anything from a researcher, an academic, an economist, anybody. I used to work in counterterrorism and national security. There's a lot of analysis. Looking back, it wasn't the job for me because... Um, and I'm actually impressed when I look back with my little self because I'm like, wow, this is so not my skill set. I had to override so much of my natural being to do well at that job. And looking back, I'm like, wow, if I could like float by in that job and do a decently good job, I wonder what I could do with a, something I'm actually meant for. And then course get core skill set number eight is numbers. So straightforward, you know, where are number crunchers at? Anything from an accountant to an investment analyst, financial modeler, 
And then we've got number nine, which is technology. This can be your classic IT ninja. Like, thank God for the genius bar who's fixed my laptop from me spilling coffee on it three times now. (laughs) Or somebody who works in AI or some sort of cutting edge technology. We need these people. And then number 10 is beauty. The beauty people are the ones that really make art of their surroundings and the world as a whole. I think a lot of people love beauty, but they don't necessarily know how to really create it on a consistent basis. So I think that's another thing to consider is what you like not isn't always what you, what you are. Oh, so these are, the 10. these are so good. I can see how I've danced in a lot of them. Yeah. Um, definitely not tech or analysis um, or numbers, but, <laughs> yeah. but definitely. So, so something that I think, um, I would love to hear from you is to, I know that you've talked to so many people about these topics and, you know, helping people through different career choices and things like that. What is a sign that you are just like, maybe you're good at something, but it's not your number one, or it's not something that you should necessarily keep focusing on or stay in. Like, what what does that show up like in your life? You know, I think that's one of the most dangerous things in our careers, the things that we're good at, but we don't necessarily love because we just keep uh, staying in different jobs sometimes or, or businesses that keep harn- harnessing a zone of goodness, but not the zone of greatness, you know? And um, I would say the number one indicator that most of us have been culturally taught to override is our body. Our body knows. And I, I did a TED Talk recently. I talked about how there's more than 200 million neurons in our in our gut. And that's why it's called our second brain. It's the size of a literal cat or dog's brain. So our body knows when we're depleted and when we're inspired. And another question to ask yourself as you're feeling depleted is, am I depleted because I'm overdoing it completely? Or is it because this thing isn't for me? And I I say that because, you know, it's like, I love shopping, Lori, like typical woman over here, like, you know, not to genderize myself, but, and yet I'm not, I don't want to shop at three in the morning, you know? So it's like, sometimes people are just overworking themselves and it really makes their, their windshield blurry to look through and make that decision of, am I in the right thing or is it wrong for me? And so the first thing to ask yourself is, am I just burning myself out? Because FYI, when you burn yourself out, you're not going to like anything. Anything. Been there. If you have a business or you're looking to grow your business, you know that hiring is one of the most important things that you can do. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. Hiring is one of the things that you do not want to mess up. You need to get a great hire and hire great people if you want to take your entire business to the next level. With the stakes this high, there's only one choice. Indeed. Now, let me tell you why. Indeed is the number one source of hires in the U.S. according to Talent Nest. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month according to Comscore total visits. And now with Indeed's new instant match feature, you can view quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after upgrading the job post. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed right now. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash happy. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash happy. Indeed.com slash happy offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. 
I want to take a second and tell you about Plush Care because it's about to make your life so much easier. Let's face it, we've probably all had something this year that we needed to see the doctor about, but we've probably been putting it off. But our health is way too important to ignore. So if making a doctor's appointment feels like a chore or you haven't been wanting to go in to the doctor's office right now, they make it super easy to schedule an appointment and see a doctor so that you can prioritize your health hassle-free. Plush Care provides virtual doctor's appointments through your smartphone or computer. I just pick a time that works for me and book an appointment right online. I don't have to sit on hold forever or make an appointment or leave the house and sit in a crowded waiting room. With Plush Care, I can be diagnosed, treated, and even have a prescription sent to my pharmacy of choice if needed within minutes. You guys, it was so incredibly easy to do this and it took all of the questions out of my mind about what I was worrying about. So Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. Start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash happy to start your free 30-day trial. That's plushcare.com slash happy for a free 30-day trial. plushcare.com slash happy. So how do you guide people through these? Like if somebody's listening right now and they're kind of all over the place because they just can't figure it out or maybe they just haven't given themselves the time to even be in touch with themselves recently, how do you start figuring it out? Yeah, I would say, I love, you know, I don't know if it's because we're both in personal development, Lorian, and I think that opens up so many channels for all of us as women, as friends to help each other in some way. But to me, it's the power of asking really good questions. Uh, and I, and I've really luxuriated in that, like having you as a friend and women like you, where it's like, if I have something going on, I'm usually getting a really powerful question that opens up a lot of answers. Mm -hmm. And so I think anybody who's feeling disconnected right now, first, you want to just ask yourself and the people around you better questions. I think one question to ask yourself is, am I an introvert? Or am I an extrovert? And I know that there's a lot of research also on ambiverts where you are very extroverted until a certain point and then you tip over. But I do believe that people kind of lead with one and this is highly influential in what kind of job is for you. So I think anybody listening right now, what even if you kind of feel pulled towards a certain core skill set, like out of the list of 10, I'm sure people could probably find like two, if not four max that they're like, I might be one of these. The next question is just, am I introverted or an extroverted? Because words is my core skill set, but it's going to look very different if I'm an introvert. I, like the last place I should be is on a stage if I'm a speaker trying to be an extrovert, you know? But another question to ask other people, and I think one of the most powerful questions you can ask for your career to the people who know you and also to the people who don't know you so well, if you're comfortable, is the question, when have you seen me at my best? Hmm. Such a powerful question. Yeah. And um, people usually don't really actually know what to expect when they ask that question. Like, Lori, I bet you if you ask your mom or even Chris, like, when have you seen me at my best in my work? Like, you might not know the answer that they're going to give you. Yeah. I'm going to ask that tonight, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just text Chris right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's another thing is I recommend texting that question because it helps people to like really land into the answer and process what it might mean as it relates to a core skill set. So when you ask people, when have you seen me at my best? It lends itself to a core skill set. And that really helps you kind of open up um, the question of what skill set am I using in these examples that people are giving? Mm. 
God. Yeah. It's just such a reminder of, are we even, we don't, we really don't do this to be honest with you. Like I think a lot of us who are in personal development do more ask, you know, we ask more questions, but there are still so many questions that could be asked that just would smack you right in the face with answers that you didn't even realize were there. So I want to know for you, what was like the most interesting finding about discovering these 10 things? Did you have a moment of like, holy shit, like this is the answer to everything. Like, how did you sit and figure this all out? How long did it take? What did you discover about yourself throughout them? Yeah, I would say the most important thing was just really noticing that it matters what you're good at naturally. Like, I think there's so many people out there who want to be good at certain things and they spend a lot of their lives resisting the fact that this is just not their jam. And yes, there's so much research out there. Like I read Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, and there was so much research about how grit is so much more powerful than a natural skill set. And so yes, that matters. But there's also a, a level of exhaustion unless you're, you're pursuing something with grit that you have energy for. Mm. And so I, I find that for me, what I learned is that I have a lot of willpower, but life is so much easier and more fun when I'm doing something that I'm already naturally good at. Oh God, I have so many examples of this in my life. And I, you know, I was really great at fitness. I was awesome at running a gym. I was great at training people, but I've never been so exhausted. Like it just, it took so much energy for me. And I think I can look back at everything that I've done that was such an important piece. Like I, I definitely played in a lot of these skill sets that weren't necessarily my zone of genius and how I could always tell it was time to go or hire or figure out how to barter myself out of that position to get back into something that, you know, energized me is because I just, I was exhausted. I started to feel a little anxious or depressed or like, I wouldn't know where I was going to get the energy from each day to like continue on with that thing. And it's tough because I think a lot of people in your life and a lot of people who are maybe in something that they're good at get a lot of people who tell them they're so great at it, or maybe they're getting a lot of attention from it or accolades, or maybe that's the only way they've gotten love or attention. So you can kind of like feel stuck sometimes. Yeah. And sure if you're good at something else. So how do you start like testing some of these out? If you're really in one, let's say like you're not an accountant or a numbers person, but you're so in-depth and entrenched in that career, what are some things you would start doing to kind of get into your zone of genius? Yeah. So there's a whole field of work that I find really, really fascinating and it's called job crafting. And the field of work is basically all about these researchers figuring out how do you turn a bland job, for example, into a grand job? You know, like how do you take your job that you don't like and make it make sense for you or make it something that can actually support you in the future? And so I always recommend people start off with an exercise. Um, so anybody who's listening right now after this podcast, they can grab a piece of paper and they can draw quadrants. And at the top, they can put good at and not good at. Mm -hmm. And then on the sides, they put like, don't like. And anything in the not good at, don't like area, like if you are doing more than like 5 to 10% of your time in that, something's got to give, whether you need a new job or you need to have a conversation at work. Mm -hmm. um, I just find that, you know, kind of noticing how much you're pushing yourself to be someone you're not is really, really key. So I say that's something to start with. But from there, you know, once you've kind of done that self-evaluation, you know, and obviously the, the most sacred box being the good at and like box 
is taking initiative and job crafting. So asking yourself, is there a project I can offer to take on at work? Or is there some sort of initiative that I can spark up at work that allows me to create a part of my job that feeds itself into the future that I want to have or the person that I want to be? So I'd say that's a good start. Oh, that is okay. So this is literally brilliant because I, where I see a lot of people get stuck or where I hear about it and you know, where I've been tempted to get stuck as well is to think that you have to like go and find that perfect job that is so freaking different than what you're doing. And you now have to go from what you were doing into this brand new thing. And there is so much opportunity, exactly like you just said, to create a job that may not exist at your job by really thinking of things, right? Like you can bring that to your employer and be like, hey, this is how this could benefit the company. This is my zone of genius anyway. I would really like to try this on. Maybe we could try it for free for a bit or see what this looks like. You know, one of the things I did as an entrepreneur with this was to, when I had different programs, let's say I had the workout program. So it was a monthly membership where it was all workouts and I was finding I was not getting lit up by that. I just wasn't enjoying you know, recording these workouts and telling people about how much weight to lift and like how to change their body. And I was like, want to talk about mindset. So instead of flipping into mindset completely, I added it to that program. So I added a component to it where I now got to talk about that and really, really practice it and try it on with the group that I was already in, slowly switching everything over and phasing out the workout thing. So I love, that is, I don't think people realize that there's, that's, that's how majority of this is created is you have to just like make it up pretty much like out of thin air, like create something for yourself. Yeah. And you know what? It's like, there's like this childlike essence that I think we forget in our careers. But one of the biggest messages that I had in writing the book was that your career is an experiment that should really meet you where you are. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where this concept came from that we somehow are born with one path and we stay on the line. It just doesn't make sense. And there seems to also be this collective expectation that we should somehow you know, know what we want to do without having played any game of trial and error in our career. And there really is no such thing as error. It's, it's like dating. Dating is a sorting process. Your career is a sorting process. And it's so important that the people I found uh, who are really doing work that they love outside of being in these 10 core skill sets and obviously having written a whole book on career and this just being one chapter of it all, it's like there's so much to your career. I mean, from here I go into core values and filtering through your job options based on your core values. But ultimately, the people who I found are happy are the ones who have said to themselves, A, I give myself permission to change and B, I give myself permission to try. And that trial and error, it's, it's like it reminds me of... Um, I once went to the Pixar office and when I walked in on the wall, it said, fail faster. Mm. And I think that's really the game of creating a great career is, is failing faster. And that involves trying things on and being nimble in the job market and, and engaging in some way because clarity comes from engagement. It's, it's never going to come from thought. And I think we kind of talked about this on our last episode we did on your podcast a while ago of just clarity coming from engagement. And I know that in that moment, I remember you talking about how you'd been doing so many different forms of engagement in your own career, Lori. And I think that there seems to be some fear that 
we all have of trying something that we haven't been doing for so long. And I get it. We are hardwired for survival. And that is on so many different levels to survive in our social groups where we don't want to make less money, you know, and we want to keep the people around us or we to survive, you know, take care of our family. It feel it can feel very threatening to make a career change, but I will say it it never ceases to amaze me the amount of years somebody will spend stuck in somewhere that they don't like because they put a few years into grad school or a law degree that ultimately isn't lining up or or moving them. Oh god, I, in in if they stay in that and the energy's not there, it's like it's crazy to think about how I've just seen so many examples of when people finally realize what they're good at and lights them up. It's like they make up that money that they were so afraid of losing in such a short amount of time in what I've seen a lot. This is not every single scenario or they make it up in happiness and they're just like, screw it. I don't care what I lost because my whole life is like so much better by releasing that. You know, it's, it's like, I feel like the sign is if you just feel like you're in so much resistance and an uphill climb and you're always tired and you just can't figure out you know, why that is. It's so much of it is you just, we, we have put our, made ourselves be trapped into something that is not for us. It's not that we don't learn lessons, right? Because I've heard people say, God, I wasted so much time at that career. And I'm like, yeah, but what did you learn that you're taking into this next one or, or the skill set that you're going to use in this next one? So, okay, I'm dying to know about the roadmap, the like 11 steps, because if we get your book, what we're going to learn is how to, I mean, so much stuff you had said, like finding yeah. our, our core values, which we haven't really totally touched on, um, the 10 different skill steps. And then it's it's essentially eleven an 11-step 11 roadmap to get you kind of to this place of like where clarity. clarity on what we should be doing or where we can apply it. Yeah, like what the right career path is for you really. And, and it's interesting because as you were talking, like you were saying, a lot of people kind of get themselves stuck. And I think that people who say that they're fine, like not even the people that are miserable because miserable is visceral and it usually transforms you because you can't stay there. It's not bearable, but it's like the fine people who are stuck in that lukewarm. It's like usually they're just not in touch with their pain when they say that they're fine. Um, but yeah, this 11-step roadmap that I created is just based on these this past decade of work I've been doing and surveys and data I've collected um, from, from thousands of people that have taken courses from me and also just subscribed to free trainings from me. And um, the 11 different pieces out of the 12 chapters, the first one is knowing your core nature. And this actually is the only step that exists before core skill set. So your core nature is essentially the energy that you bring to the room And what I talk about with this particular step on the roadmap is seeing that as a foundation for your career. That's the foundation that holds your core skill set. So, you know, when you walk into a room, Lori, I think of you as like bubbly and like receptive and like alive, you know, like you've got good energy in that regard. Um, And it's not to say there's such a thing as a bad core nature or bad energy, you know, I mean, there, there can be, but everybody has a core nature and there's something neutral about that. And when you know that core nature, you can kind of channel that into many different paths. And from there, you can refine them based on your core skill set. So somebody like you, Lori, who's like chatty and like vivacious and receptive it's like, you'd probably be very good in sales. You know what I mean? Like if you were in the workforce, you'd be good at, you'd probably be a good talent agent. You know, like there's so many different ways to channel that core nature. And from there in chapter two, I talk about your core skill set. I go a lot deeper than what we're able to do in this podcast, just about those 10 core skill sets, what they mean for you. Uh, I share my own story throughout the book in service to people who are really trying to figure out 
who they are and how they can turn themselves into a career that resonates. And that, and that kind of helps you when you look at your core skill set, filter through all of these jobs you might've thought about or people that you know that have a similar core nature and energy that you bring to the room. And so if you want to figure out your core nature, another good text to send people is like, how does the room change when I walk in? Like, what are some adjectives? Those adjectives, usually if you keep getting a few that are recurring, really reference your core nature. And obviously I'm obscuring it. I wrote like 25 page chapter on it, but this is the (laughs) essence of it. And I, I think it's just really, really important. And then from there, I talk about unlocking your money blueprint And a great exercise for anybody listening is to just think about like how much money do they want to make in their career and then triple it or double it Mm -hmm. and ask themselves like when they write down that number, what are the stories that come up about who they are or what's going on in their world that keeps them from feeling like that number is accessible to them. And I know that this is you know, just, you know, obviously entrepreneurs get nerves about a certain number edge that they need to create in their business if they want to honor that. But also it's it's edgy in the workforce because I think there's a lot of beliefs that you can't make a lot of money in in certain career paths. And I've continued to learn through coaching so many different types of people, everybody from admin assistants to celebrities who don't want to make movies anymore. It's like, you know, there's always room for greatness on top in every single career. There's always room to make money. Um, you know, like if you want to be a tour guide, you can have a, you know, you can have a company with multiple tour guides. You can be a tour guide at the company that asks for equity or a revenue share because you're doing such a good job, you know, keeping the customers happy. There's so many ways to make money in the workforce and people just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, the list goes on, but another step in the roadmap number four that I go through in chapter four is all about your core values. And I find that those are also a filter for different jobs you choose because there's really two dynamics in your career. One dynamic is what you do and that comes back to your core skill set. You know, what your core skill set is kind of informs different job title possibilities and those job titles kind of point you to how you're spending your actual day, which is why I'm so devoted to core skill set over interests because your interest is something you're interested in but your core skill set and the job title references how you're spending your whole your time. You know, it's like if you love politics, but you're the staff assistant, you're spending your time doing admin. So that mm-hmm. comes back to a core skill set, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but core values is different than what you do. Core values is about how you do it. And, you know, according to research, more than 50% of people leave their job because they don't like their boss. And so when you really deeply look at that, Lori, it's like, all right, if most people are leaving because of how their boss is and how their job looks with their boss. It has nothing to do with the job itself, the responsibilities they're taking on, their core values and what they hold dear and what principles they hold in their heart as non-negotiable for their life matter in that moment. And so this chapter is really just about helping people say, what are my core values and how do I weave them into my career? How do I set standards around them um, and stay nimble and flexible in the workforce? And... Step number five is just learning how to befriend your blocks. I feel like this is something, Lori, that you've probably been doing throughout this entire podcast is helping people facilitate them with their worthiness and and connecting to who they really want to be. And the chapter is called Either Fear or Inspiration. And the reason I called it that was because it's a really good question to ask yourself when you're making career choices. Is this is coming from fear or is this coming from inspiration? And when you realize that it's coming from fear, it's like, okay, well, what are the fears that you have? Because usually this career path isn't going to actually be sustainable if that's where you're at. 
And then another chapter I talk about in the roadmaps, number six, is all about your core interests. So like, what are you interested in? And how do you know if it's meant to be a career? I found just as I was writing this chapter and going through my own research that there's a really big difference between motivation and dedication, you know? And I'm sure you've seen that in fitness. Like you're motivated, like you can power out three months of like lifting weights and change your body a little bit, but dedication, that's more of a lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. And I find that that's the case with your career. And there's a lot of people who seem to have, you know, confusion around their interests. And are they just motivated about this or are they dedicated to this interest? And what kind of skill sets exist on the periphery of this interest? So if you have an interest in food, what kind of ways can you use a skill set around that? And what is your core skill set? Um, do you want to be a food blogger? Like, is writing your core skill set? Do you want to be, you know, like a salesperson? Is, is words for like a food brand? So, it really comes back to looking at your core skill set still. And um, I found also in my research, there's such a big difference between passion and excitement. And, and I'm not obviously just based on how I've probably sounded. Everybody's like, all right, she's probably not a big fan of the follow your passion because I'm not. I think passions are cool, but, but they don't always follow them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say there's a huge difference between in the same way motivation and dedication is passion versus excitement. Like excitement runs out, you know, passion doesn't. And so I also find that this distinction is really a key one that I talk about in this piece of the roadmap. And then number seven, I talk about how to turn conversations into opportunities. You know, I think a lot of people go into fear with talking about themselves. And there seems to be some social normalcy. And I'm curious if you see this, Lori, with celebrating yourself, you know, or talking about what your strengths are. So this piece of the roadmap leans very heavily on how do you talk about yourself in a way that's humble, but real and opens doors for opportunities. That is probably going to be one of, I mean, all of these are going to be impactful and maybe that's just from my personal opinion, but I think when people can understand that, you don't realize how much of the opportunity you're always creating by yourself. So, and how much opportunity is actually out there. I've just, you know, with what I'm doing right now, Ashley, like that just literally that's, if I didn't have that skill set, nothing would be happening. And I didn't have it, right? I had to learn how to do that. So I'm so excited that you have that in here too. This is literally like an everything book for people. So what are you most passionate about right now? You know, I feel like having had this experience, one thing that people have asked me a lot is like, how do I start feeling myself again? Hmm. And this book really like kicked me back into me. And I always answer that question for people by telling them to like come up with a list of places you like to go or people you like to see or things you like to do that make you feel like you. It's such a good career tip too, because it's like you can't figure out your nine to five until you're being yourself, you know, from nine to five and five to nine, you know, like (laughs) there's like this, this weird disconnect that we all have. And I think for me and my work, there's certain projects that I did, like my podcast. I absolutely love my podcast. It's using all of me, but there's other things in my business that I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. And I think being in the artistry of writing a book brought me back into my heart and brought me back into the truth that not really a, you know, Sheryl Sandberg. I kind of see myself more as like a Shel Silverstein, you know? <laughs> I love that. And I guess, you know, for me, 
that lesson of like, wow, there's something so nourishing from being who I am. And I forgot that a little bit because even though I started this business and who I am in the world based on a lot of inspiration, I think it's very common for me or for anybody to get a little lost along the way in their hustle. And um, I'm just so glad that this book brought me back to my heart. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty magical how sometimes the the, the toughest things, because I know it's, while it's, the book is magical, it was probably one of the deepest you've had to dig uh, within yourself. Did you ever have those moments where you, you didn't know how you were going to get to the other side? Yeah. And I, and I find, um, I actually have a chapter on that and it's all, it's called the divine unknown. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like who we are in the unknown is so indicative for what our life is going to look like in general. Like it's indicative for what our nervous system is going to look like. Oh good. That just gave me chills from head to toe. I just had to like tell you. Your chills gave me chills. (laughs) Oh my God. I still have them. My whole right side is tingling. Um, That is literally everything. Okay. Keep going. That's my fault. Yeah, well, it is. It's like, it's not just our nervous system because like if if you're not comfortable with uncertainty, which is very common, I mean, our brains are hardwired wired to look for threats in our environment and uncertainty can feel like a threat because it is in some way. Yeah. And yet it's like our nervous systems are revved up. And also I think in, in our love lives, like what happens to the friend who isn't good with uncertainty with dating? They usually end up with the wrong guy because they just want something certain and, or the wrong woman. I mean, whatever their preferences are, it's like, it's so important that we are able to reconnect to ourselves and also just see our lives as seasons. Like we are not meant to be these workhorses who always have our careers with our T's crossed and our I's dotted. We're experimental creative beings that need to just keep growing our core skill set and keep exploring our interests and our little breadcrumbs that pull us into the person that we're really meant to be. Man, I'm just like getting all sorts of chills and downloads because everything you're saying is is just so completely hitting with a lot of the, the the things that I've just like been marinating on lately. You know how you go through like really challenging times in yeah. challenging in a good way, challenging in a bad way, meaning the times that just like really make you either understand what life is about, realize who you are, open your eyes to different things, change a perception, like those times. And it's it's really right along with the breadcrumbs, like life is not made up of these, you know, these huge like moments or these places that you're trying to hit or these huge accomplishments. It's like, it's really getting excited about the breadcrumbs and following them and celebrating every single breadcrumb for what it is, a realization, um, a new connection, uh, you know, a new project, um, a new chapter in your life. And I just think between that and getting really uncomfortable or really comfortable with the, uh, with the uncertain, because it's just, if you can do those two things and kind of like release and, you know, release all your expectations and just be happy with whatever is going on and where you're at, I just feel like you are going to be able to master anything and kind of be the master of your emotions. So I want to know, is there anything in your life right now that for you, you feel is, is, is missing? Mm, When I feel like what is missing? Wow. That's such a powerful question. And it's so interesting. I haven't really thought about it because I'm so in what's here, but I also, Mm -hmm. I feel like what's been missing in my life that I'm working on now. Um, but I I don't know if I'll ever be there Mm -hmm. is like my relationship to my health. Like I don't have 
poor health. But with COVID, it really highlighted for me, like at first I was in a lot of fear, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to get this thing. I always have lung stuff. Mm. Um, But then I moved into how do I get a lot of immunity so Mm. that that doesn't even matter. Mm. And it has been such a journey for me and it and i still feel like it's missing because ultimately in my career no matter how booked my day is if my physical isn't good my mental can't really perform anyway yeah. and i feel like physically i, I still kind of get like brain fog and i'm i'm learning to take my supplements and i hired a trainer 5 days a week so i'm working on it but it's not natural for me and yeah. um i'm still very much so finding myself in my wellness Oh girl, I think that's going to happen for you. And and yeah. I you know what I mean? I think switching the question like you did is just so incredibly powerful. Not like how do I not get this? How do I how do I build up immunity? So thanks for sharing that cuz I think that probably gave a light bulb to a lot of people of asking a better question, right? That's going to get you a result that you actually want. So okay, mm-hmm. dying to read this book. I'm literally going to be tagging you when I read it and all of the the quotes. I know that you are, and everybody listening totally knows you are like a wordsmith and a genius. So I'm really excited to learn from you. Um, how can we get it? Where can we find it? All of the things. It is available where our, all books are sold. If you just head to uturnbook.com, you can see all of your options. It's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N book.com because, and I called it that because I'm all about making a U-turn and just reconnecting to yourself. And Lori, I'm so grateful that you're here. And um, it means so much to me that you asked me all the questions that you did about this. And I hope it really helps whoever you are listening, whether you're in traffic or working out. I hope that this makes a really big impact for you, whether you get the book or not. Well, this impacted me and I absolutely want the book. So I highly suggest that everybody gets the book. Um, Ashley, I'd love to, I'm going to purchase some of your books and do a giveaway. So what we're going to do is I'm going to be sending five of your books to the people who decide to shout out you and tag myself as well. So what you're going to do is you're going to tag Ashley. Ashley, what's your Instagram handle that you want to tag that? It's at Ashley Stahl, A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? 
In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, all I'm so excited to share with you. Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network, and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton, and it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start 
which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part, and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you got to go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.